listening to episode 231 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we address some listener feedback from the season two Travelers finale and prepare for the beginning of TNT's of Librarians, although I don't think we're going to really do much librarian stuff tonight, if any at all. But uh, yeah, we've got some good feedback here. Yeah, got some great feedback. So yeah, enough to actually warrant uh, an extra show to cover it, so... Yeah, let's do it. Uh, oh, yeah, wait, so, uh, but maybe should we talk about other stuff first? Um, well, you know what? I, let me just get the uh, the housekeeping out of the way. You know, right. the, the emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com. Go to the website, leave a voicemail if you want. Record your own audio clips, send us the MP three if you'd like to do it that way. Tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch, and consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. All right, what do you got? Oh, nothing. I just I know that. Uh, you know, Fred had said that how he likes the opening stuff and everything. So, but on, on the other hand, we've yeah. gotten plenty of feedback from people who hate the uh, opening discussion. So it's like, uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but so now, I now the one thing of the week. Okay, go ahead. So, so do I. I'll just throw it out there real quick because I just watched the first two episodes of Dark Mirror. I'm sorry, Black Mirror, um, last night, and uh, yeah, that show is. Uh, that's great. Good show. The first the first yeah. episode is awesome. So I don't know if you've yeah, seen I, it yet. Well, I haven't seen the new season. We've seen random episodes here and there. So I haven't seen a complete season. But but as I understand it, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. They're pretty all much that. all self-contained. But, but I've seen probably about five or six from the first three seasons. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Now, you uh, messaged me the other night about, uh, about Dark. So did yeah. you get into it? I did, but I'm starting over. Okay, I'm, I'm too confused. All the all the characters and all the German names. Uh, I'm going back to episode one and, and restarting. So I made I probably about five episodes in. Oh wow! And I th- I thought I was doing well, like because every I'd see a person. Like, oh, okay, that's the cop lady, and that's the that's the uh, hotel lady, and that's the cop lady's husband, and you know, and then. They did the episode where they go back in time, and even then, I'm still like, okay, that's the cop, and that's you know, and I'm, I'm having, I've, you know, I've still got it all straight, and then, you know, at the end of the that that episode, they show like the people in 1986 and in t- 2019, like kind of on the split sh- screen. And the one girl comes up, and it was the one girl I couldn't figure out who she was. And they showed who, and I was kind of waiting to say, "Oh, who is she in the future?" And I saw the character. I'm like, I, oh, I still don't know who it is. <laughs> and at that point, I just realized I was kind of hopelessly lost. I, I still watched a couple more, hoping I could get it back together. But uh, I think I, I'm going to go back to the beginning and start over and uh, go from word one and and, okay. and see how it goes. But it's it's great though. I mean, it's really good. I, I was really enjoying it. But just uh, I was just getting so confused. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start all over again. All right. So you got the English audio to work. I did, yeah. Thanks for yeah, that. Cool. That was uh, yeah. that was the first hurdle was, and I, you know, I've always kind of been in my youth. I would always say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with uh, you know subtitles." I still don't think there's anything wrong per se, except that now I'm older, um, and you know, like the TV's not two inches in front of me, and when they have subtitles, a lot of times I have to get up to look and see what the subtitles say. So it's um, it was it was a grueling exercise, and after about a half hour, I'm like. Forget it. I'm going to ask Dave how to get this thing dubbed or I'm not watching it. 
Yeah. What you really need, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, I mean, not that anybody's going to really do it, but you, you need like one of these white murder boards like Castle has with, with everybody's picture up there and, and their name. Because, yeah, I, I was just like you. I mean, fortunately, I had Mary there watching it with me and and could ask her, although, you know, anytime you ask your wife a question, you run the, run the risk of... <laughs> You might as well hit the pause. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all right. I got a little bit of news. And, and, and this comes from an interview that appeared on Televixen, which is a website that, that covers, you know, uh, mostly media, TV, movies, things like that. And it was an interview with uh, Brad Wright. And he, he's, you know, he, he certainly lets us know that season three has not been greenlit yet, mm. but that he certainly has a plan. And he says the theme of season three is going to be AI and Mm. a lot of discussion about free will and the AI and a lot of the things that that were introduced in season two. He he mentions an arc that introduces a new character, a woman who's going to be a challenge to McLaren, talks about, you know, the challenges of, of creating a show like that. But he seems, you know, really excited about it. it I, I think, like most fans of Travelers, that season three is is a given. It, we just have to wait for the official announcement. So, yeah. Hopefully, I'm not deluding myself. Yeah, I hope so too. But I, I don't know. I, I assume it's doing well. I don't know. Do, have you like seen any of the numbers on it or anything? Or, um, I, I know it's the seventh most binge watched show on netflix i think i read that somewhere okay so for what that's worth i think that's a good thing anyway well listen oh i do too so all right well listen let's get into the listener feedback and let's do it we have an audio from fred in the netherlands so let's go ahead and lead off with that uh you know and fred thank you so much for touching base with us so take a listen Hello, Dave, Wayne, and all listeners to the Travelers Podcast. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback on the Season 2 finale of Travelers. First, I want to say, Dave and Wayne, although I already had written that in one of my previous feedbacks, that I'm so happy to finally, finally be able to give some feedback on a running series. As I said before, I listened to a lot of the two of you and to Dave together with Mike. I think there will be some people that are not all that fond of the fact that you always talk about a lot of other kinds of series, news, movies, etc. before you actually get down to talk about the episode itself. I just want to let you know that I started to watch a lot of series just because of that. And I'm very grateful for that. So guys, thanks a lot. What a great episode. I give it 9 out of 10, which means my highest score for a Travelers episode so far. It explained a lot, but also rose a lot of new questions. Because I already gave quite some feedback for episode 10 and 11, I will try to keep it short, just by giving the two of you some nice questions to answer. Which does not mean it will be short after all. Blink, blink. The two fun moments I want to mention is the whole interrogation of David by Dr. Perro, ending in, quote, 
Lady, what the hell have you been smoking? And another fun moment was that Grace was spilling the beans. Okay, here are my eight questions for you. One. When did Victor exactly became Dr. Perro? At the beginning of the interrogation, halfway, or afterwards? I assume he needed a functioning um, Simon's machine for that. Where is Simon? Did he become travel traveler 5692? 3. If Victor arrived first and is traveler 001, and the newest arrival is 5692, why is Grace then 0027? She arrived much later than the McLaren team. Also, the tribunal people had low numbers. Question number 4. Apart from Marcy, did we ever see a relocation of a traveler? So going from one body to another in the 21st? What exact five? What is exactly the machine Simon built? Is it a traveler's transition machine without interference by the director, the, by the director or even the faction? Question six. Is Victor the faction's leader? And if yes, how can he send people from the future to the 21st? 7. In the end scene, didn't you think that the rejection of all partners was a bit too much, too unlikely? And last but not least, what will happen to the travelers? Now, in the 21st, will they be hunted, institutionalized, or perhaps saved by travelers in high-ranking positions. Okay, that was all for now. I want to thank you for this and all your other marvelous podcasts. Possibly I will start with The Librarians, yet another series advised by the great Dave and Wayne. Till next time, greetings from the Netherlands and all the best for 2018 for you, Dave and Wayne, and all other listeners. All right. Well, you know, certainly nice compliments about our opening discussion. And, and you know, you know, Wayne, that's obviously something you and I have talked about over, over the sure. years. And, and at the beginning of the podcast, I think we went way overboard, sometimes 15, 20 minutes or longer before we got to the actual show. So we're conscious of that, but we do understand that some people like it. Look, for me, I learned about Battlestar Galactica and Dollhouse from listening to a Lost podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think what we're trying to do, you guys, is find that balance. Keep it around four minutes, five minutes or so with news and, you know, what shows we're watching, that sort of thing. And, you know, and then get to the, the main topic of discussion. But, but certainly, Fred, thank you for that compliment. All right. So Fred's got eight questions. All right. When did Vincent become... Dr. Perot, at the beginning, the middle, or the end of the interrogation? Now, I, I really am not sure. I mean, what do you think? I'm pretty positive about this one because, all right, so even the first time I watched it, after the interrogations are done and Dr. Perot comes in, he's like, oh, well, you want to, you got any questions about time travel? Just ask Grace here. And then she leaves. And I'm like, wow. Like, that was, like, harsh. It's so... 
out of character for her. And then the second time I watched it, I realized, you know, she says that, then she goes out, she gets in the car, and then by the end of the car ride, we understand that now we figured out that she's Vincent. Um, so I think it was at the end of the, you know, the, when she goes in and says, just ask Grace, that's Vincent for sure. Okay. But I, I, I guess at some point, because when she's doing the interviews, and I don't remember who it was she was interviewing at the time, you know, she does bring up the whole idea of time travel. And while she didn't seem entirely comfortable saying that, she didn't seem entirely uncomfortable either. Now, you could argue that uh, she, she's playing a role. She's a, you know, she knows she has to play this role if she wants to get her daughter back. So you're going with the end, and, and I really don't know. I, that, that's, I, I think certainly that's you know, yeah. more likely than not. I, I mean, when you really think about the interrogations, they really didn't serve any purpose except to delay. The, like, I think he's just trying to keep the travelers at bay for long enough for Simon to get, excuse me, for Simon to get the, the machine fixed and working. Um, so like the, the whole interrogation seems like just kind of a ruse to try and, and keep McLaren and his team away long enough that he can, you know, pull off his evil plan. Right. And I guess if you take that tact, which certainly makes sense is that if, Simon got it working right away, the interviews probably would have stopped. Right. And, and at some point he tells Dr. Perot, I, I need your help. But and I think that might be after he realized that the machine was broken and he'd need more time. So I think he just kind of came up with that plan a little bit on the fly. Okay. Now, his second question has to do with Simon and his whereabouts. And, and that's something that struck me that it seemed McLaren's team just basically – let him go. See you later, Simon. I mean, did I miss something? Well, do they even know that Simon's there? Because, I mean, they just, they did let him go. And then he got picked up by Vincent's men. You know, he just got yanked off the street. So, you know, I don't know if anyone, any of them even know that Simon's been captured. Right. I mean, I don't see why Vincent now in Perot's body would want to be linked with Simon anymore. So, so, you know, I think Simon's on his own in the streets again. And, and I guess that sets up a possibility that he connects with McLaren's team in season three. But I mean, as far as I know, I would say he's just back on the street. Yeah. Or he could be Dunsey's or he could have had his consciousness transferred into somebody else. Well, he could have. Um, you know, there's, I, you know, yeah, we just, there's there's no way of knowing. But there was definitely some kind of finality between uh, the parting of Simon and Vincent, um, which could just be attributed to Vincent knows he's he's going to take over Dr. Perot and he's going to go away. He'll never see Simon again because now he's achieved his purpose of kind of escaping from that body and out into one where they won't know where he is. Okay. All right, now his third question, why is Grace 0027 since she arrived later than McLaren's team? And and this has to do with the number designation question. And I mean, as I see it, it's based in part on their importance to the future. I mean, Trevor, for instance, is 0115. He's got the lowest number of McLaren's team. But we also know that he was part of 
transfer experiments in the future, if I recall correctly, yes. which is why he's so old, because he he's transferred multiple times. Right. So I think you have some of these travelers that were in the program earlier, had their designation, and then were sent to the 21st much later. Yeah, I think that sounds reasonable. Um, you know, I, I thought I had it straight in my head, and then they were like, well, Vincent is 0001 or 001 or whatever. Uh, because he was the first traveler. And then I'm like, whoa, wait, hold on. So, But I think maybe they, they just mean first. I, I don't know. Because at first I thought, like you said, like all the, the programmers all have really low numbers and everything. So the people who are like super important or maybe who were in on the ground floor of the traveler program. So, you know, maybe Vincent was just one of the very, like the first guy who signed up or whatever. I I don't know. Well, he was the he was the test, right? He was the proof of yeah. concept, and you know whether or not he really. I, I got to believe he really was not that important in the grand scheme of things, because why would you risk him? And you know, we talked last time about the irony of the first traveler being the one to immediately go against the grand plan. I guess we'll leave it at that. I mean, I think there, as you said, there are a lot of the specialists, a lot of the programmers all have very low numbers. And I assume they're at the beginning of the program in the future because they are the, you know, the brains behind it. Yeah. So, all right. Now, his fourth question, did we ever see a traveler relocation into another body? And I don't think so. I mean, we know that was the case with Trevor in the future, but I don't think we've seen one in the 21st. I mean, only overwrites like we saw with Forbes. Right. Or with, yeah, with a, a lot of those FBI guys and everything. So, yeah, we see all kinds of overwrites. Uh, I don't think we had seen a transfer from uh, one consciousness body to another in the same time period right. before, uh, you know, Vincent. Right. Now, you know, that opens an interesting possibility because the device – is here. Uh, we assume Vincent did not destroy it, but did Vincent abandon it? Which is not something I really thought about last time. What's the deal with that machine? Who's going to find it and what is it they're going to do with it? So, you know, that's out there. But, you know, to answer the question, I don't think they have in the 21st, but it certainly seems like a narrative device that we might see in season three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, because and the team, you know, like he, he he has the team pick up their loved ones or whatever, you know, away from where he was running the where the machine is. So you'd think maybe part of that was obviously a for him to get away, but also b to potentially maybe give someone like his goons or Simon time to dismantle the machine. I can't imagine him leaving it around, yeah, you know. But you know, I can't imagine him leaving Simon around. To, now you speak of it because, like, I think we even mentioned this before. He doesn't seem like a guy who's going to leave witnesses behind, you right? Know? And, and as you said, he's probably got his guys dismantling it, putting it in the back of a black SUV or a big black truck or whatever, and taking it to wherever it is he's going to be living now. All right, question number five, what is the machine Simon built? And I think it's a consciousness transfer machine, not unlike what the director uses, but but different. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, that's obviously uh -huh. what it is he used to transfer his consciousness yeah. into uh, 
Perot's body. So, other than that, or it's a love removal machine. And what? What is that? <laughs> you know that song? It's I a song by the Cult. I don't. No. Are uh, they an eighties band? I've heard of them. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Electric came out in the eighties. I'm surprised you'll you'll know about the Cult, man. They're really good. You, They're kind of up your alley. Um, like yeah, them. I've heard of them. My my uh, brother-in-law. That you know, the '80s was his generation for you know high school, college, yeah. and so I, I I heard a lot of that music through him. So, all right, question six, and this is one that that we have talked about: Is Vincent the faction leader? And if he is, how can he send people to twenty first? Well, the faction didn't exist when he left the future. So true, you know there is that. Now, given his, or they all died when was the area 44 was it the collapse shelter 41 shelter 41 yeah something right now given his scope of influence in the 21st once the faction arrives it's certainly likely that he's aware of them and whether he somehow took control once they got here i'm not going to say that's not possible but i just don't necessarily see any evidence for it you know, I mean, what we can definitely say about Vincent is, you know, like you have the travelers who are working to fulfill the grand plan and Vincent's working, actively working to thwart the grand plan. Um, <clears throat> so it seems like he is trying to affect the future in his own way um, rather than going about it as the director would have him do, which obviously he can't do because the director wants to kill him. Well, is he trying to thwart um, the grand plan, or is he just trying to, you know, be by himself and just leave me alone? Well, I think if he wanted to be left alone, he wouldn't. Well, I guess he picks up the traveler teams and interrogates them because he wants to know if they know about him. I guess, right? Right. Though, I mean, it just seemed like if he wanted to keep his head down, he could do it a lot better than how he is. Yes. Like you don't go out to charity balls if one selfie could kill you, right? Yeah. So he should have just like made a bunch of money, scooted off to some island in the you know out in the middle of the Pacific and and lived out his life in peace there. If that were his plan, and so because he didn't do that, because he kept at least within the margins of civilized society, I think he is you know he was still trying to influence things and change how the future uh, works out. Okay. Now, now, you know, he mentions how he could send people to the 21st. Well, I, I don't believe he's the faction leader, but it did get me to thinking about the messaging system and the transfer system. It does seem to be one way, right? That, that we, we know consciousness gets transferred from the future to the 21st. We know messages come from the future to the 21st, but we don't really see yeah. anything going back the other way, right? They don't respond to the director no. with questions. Right. No, no, no. Right. Exactly. Um, well, the only communication we've seen is like when they, you know, hide things to be found hundreds of years later. Right. That's the only way they really have of, of communicating with the future. Right. So, okay. so and, and they said that before, I think McLaren said that this, you know, it's a one-way trip here. You know, they, they can't go back at all. Um, and, the, like, yeah, like we said, the only communication they can have is, you know, I'm going to write a note and bury it someplace. And hopefully, you know, however many hundreds of years later, someone will find it and save the day. Or, you know, they buried that uranium. Was it uranium? That, yeah, that the 235. Needed. Yep. Yeah. 
So, um, so I think that's really the only way they, that they can communicate with the future. Yeah, all the messaging is just they receive the messages. So, all right. Question seven. He brings up the rejection scene at the end of episode two twelve, and he, he asked, "Did we think it's a bit too much?" What do you think? I thought it was. You know, first of all, I, I'm still like surprised that people in the 21st century would believe that their loved ones are time travelers, you know? Like, yeah, it explains a bunch of stuff, but I could say a lot of other crazy stuff that also explain the changes you've noticed. So, like, the the fact that they all buy hook, line, and sinker, and then are, like, super pissed. Okay, now, Kat, I'll give, I'll give Kat her due. Like, I can, obviously, it was her husband, um, you know, that makes sense. Okay, Jeff, he's still a little you know, upset about getting his ass kicked. So probably that might be more of an effect on why he, you know, is all acting hurt. Uh, I said the last podcast, I don't get at all, David. Um, and then, but the, what I thought was the, 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 just the blatantly, we want to have all of the travelers rejected. So Ray telling Philip, well, don't say, pretend we're friends. It's like, why, why would he say that? You know, I'm like, well, he wouldn't. He, you know, no one would say that except that the writers decide they wanted to have everyone get slapped in the face, and that's the best they could do for Philip. Yeah, because really, I mean, Philip is key to Ray's existence on, on a lot of levels, monetarily. You know, certainly maybe the most important. So Philip hasn't done anything to Ray. So yeah, I agree with you that that was just Except something told, right i think he like even ray says you know you were straight with me from the start so I, i'm trying to think i think maybe at some point philip said like i'm a trying time travel or something maybe but i don't know right but it goes back to what you said about do any of them actually believe it and i don't think so but i i, I guess it, the bigger picture is that you lied to me all this time so whatever the truth really is you've been lying to me right true that and, and i think yeah. that's why we see the violent reactions but you go back to the david reaction to marcy because david of all people you know he's seen this entire transformation a couple times over and mm-hmm. whether we think okay he he believes the undercover fbi story or not you know he, he's already in that kind of an arena so yeah. why he would be so violent as opposed to we need to sit down and talk. Right. Yeah. Like, don't touch me. Like, really? Yeah. Like time travelers have cooties, David. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, like, but you're absolutely right. Like, what's the difference between I'm an undercover agent with the FBI and I'm a time traveler from the future. I mean, it's kind of like the same. I mean, it's not like the same thing, but it's like I know what you mean. the same kind of out there while, yes, he li- she lied to him. It's just, it's a different lie than the one he, he believed, you know? So like, what's the big deal, David? You know? Right. And as Gertrude Stein said, a lie is a lie is a lie. So I, I, I really think that's the reaction. Although I agree with you about Jeff's reaction. He's still smarting from uh, yeah. Carly working him over. All right. His last question what will happen to the travelers in the 21st? And this is really going to be interesting to see how they play this at the beginning of season three, because I think they all are in for a big fall. I mean, I, I can't envision any scenario where Carly does not lose custody of baby Jeff. 
you know? Right. Because whether anybody believes they're time travelers, which obviously is is highly suspect, they are going to see these people that put these videos out there and, you know, what are they going to say that, well, we're just trying to become YouTube sensations? Well, right. <laughs> you know, I, I think at the least she's going to lose her job. And I just can't see any scenario where she retains custody. I can't see how Max is going to keep his FBI job unless uh, Stephen Lobo uh, Wakefield right. somehow can, can, you know, massage things. But, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I agree uh, that especially the FBI thing. I mean, we he, he has people there, obviously. We know there's travelers in all levels of government. Yeah, with the uh, – yeah, but it, it seemed like, you know, um, like what, what's Stephen Lobo's character again? Wakefield. Wakefield, yeah. You know, that he's starting to get stressed about – the um, level of awareness there is around the world of the traveler program. So, you know, it might not be so easy to cover up for Mac. You're absolutely Carly. um, Right. This just seems like not a lot of, of scenarios where she'll be able to maintain custody. Uh, If Jeff wants to go that way now, she might be able to convince Jeff not to go there. Um, Remember, we're just seeing the, the, just the beginning of the of the this revelation uh, to the people, they might be able to turn around and say, "Listen, that's crazy. Time travel, really? Obviously, I was coerced into doing this. There's all some crazy person doing this. I don't know why." Um, right. So, but they're, but they're not under the radar anymore. I mean, you know, right. everybody in Trevor's school is going to know what he did. How can they go to HQ? And, and stay under the radar. So, I mean, I feel like they've got to relocate and it's got to be fairly far away. And whether the director will contact them and direct them as it's been doing, I would suspect it will, but I think they have to relocate. Yeah, I, you would think so. Yeah, you would think so because, uh, I mean, things definitely are bleak right now. Yeah. But with the power of the Deuce Ex Machina, a television show can pull anything out of its ass basically yes it can so though good shows don't and this is a good show so we we don't assume that that's gonna happen but the one thing is that the one person really because before we felt bad about for philip because of his lack of uh relationships and not having um someone else and and he's kind of opined about that but really at this point he's kind of winning Right, because there's no one pissed at him like Ray a little bit, but you know, BFD, right? Like, I mean, he's kind of the only one who. And and honestly, if the others were like that, if the others could manage to separate their, you know, personal lives from what they're there to do from their duty, this wouldn't have been a thing. They would have caught Vincent easily because he couldn't have used those people as bait. All right, Fred. Appreciate you checking in with us. Great questions. A lot of fun to talk about. So who do we got next, Wayne? Uh, Looks like we got James. Uh, Happy New Year and greeting from Germany. So he says about episode 12. I think, and I said on Reddit already, with all the travelers exposed to the world, this felt more like a series finale rather than a season finale. 
I wonder how this spins further in season three. Will we get to see the team interrogated by any three-letter agency the U.S. has to offer while the rest of the world tries to figure out if they have just been fed fake news while the tinfoil hat army smells another conspiracy? Oh, see, now, so I, I didn't I think, think there's about some. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about the interrogation by Homeland Security, CIA, NSA. Uh, I mean, certainly, as we said, McLaren is going to be taken to a room somewhere in that building and, <laughs> and asked a question or two. But yeah, right? I mean, it, it's they, they have to question them. And James brings up the whole tinfoil hat image, which we all know what that means. And the X-Files right. returns tomorrow night, by the way, speaking of tinfoil <laughs> yeah, hats. Speaking of, uh, yeah. We're recording on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. So yeah, so what's going to happen there? Because I think as we get you know, deeper into these organizations. Now, of course, this is me wanting to believe. Where's my I want to believe poster? It's yeah, somewhere. I, <laughs> uh, I, gave I know mine, you didn't leave it. You didn't leave it in your room. I gave it to Elena. It's in her did you? Uh, I, did. I know. I'm sorry. But sorry. Uh, yeah, good question. All right. What's he got uh, on the anything else? Uh, for episode 10, episode 10 showed that Marcy, uh, in parentheses, host pre traveler, was a normal person with a normal life. She just fell victim to a crazy doctor who experimented with her mind against her will, maybe, and led the host Marcy we've seen in season one, episode one, maybe the Intel team had on host Marcy wasn't so wrong after all. Anyway, I look forward to season three to see how the writers will solve the mayhem that is on the loose now. Well, you know, I think it was important that we got to see the real Marcy. And, and as James points out, maybe the intel the director had wasn't so wrong after all. I mean, we were told it was based on the social media account, which, right. you know, may have been true. But I think we even said last week, had the hospital records not been scrubbed by Vincent, then the director would have had access to the fact that Marcy was not intellectually challenged. And then once Vincent you know, got hold of her for his experiments, but uh, yeah. Right. So yeah. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean the, the, right. They had the, the, like the Facebook page or whatever that had Marcy and David um, and, you know, Marcy saying she was a, a reporter that was obviously, you know, like a, a made up Facebook page and, um, so yeah, like, I mean, certainly because you're right, Vincent scrubbed all those records. So, um, you know, we would assume the future really didn't have, you know, access to that information about Marcy. Right. And it's also interesting because we've seen intellectually challenged Marcy and we saw traveler Marcy. So to go back and see the actual Marcy 1.0 as, uh, maybe not as caring an individual as Amari Newton's character was at, at the uh, at the hospital, but she certainly seemed to care about the patients there in, in, in the scenes that we saw. So it was good to get get to see who Marcy 1.0 really was, at least on a small level, because we really had no idea. I, I, we assumed the intellectually challenged Marcy was 1.0. Sure, absolutely, and um, <clears throat> well, of course, and that makes. You know, Vincent that much more vile, right, for what he did to her and everything. All right. Well, we also heard from this a first time uh, listener. Well, maybe not first time listener, but first time checking in. Xiaomin Jin, who is from Germany. 
He says, after watching season two on Netflix, I searched on Reddit for some discussions and there was one guy, forget his name, who wrote, there's actually a podcast for travelers. So I followed the link, found your wonderful podcast. And since you haven't seen the latest episode, I started binge hearing your podcast from season one, episode one, while doing college coding homework. I really appreciate that you talk through each episode. You're really doing a great job. Well, we certainly appreciate that. Mm, Uh, I can't wait for your theories for the final episode and what you think will be in season three if Travelers gets renewed. Oh, hopefully it's when, not if. Yeah. And then I I love this one. By the way, my roommate, she loves your podcast for Lost Girl. She just started watching. You know, I I mentioned to you from time to time because I'll go in and look at the stats, you know, every once in a while. And and Lost Girl, which, you know, was over five years ago, is still getting downloads, you know, maybe 10 a month or so, uh-huh. maybe less, but but still, you know, people are finding it. And and obviously if you look at the actual uh website for Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, back then it was called Fatalists because we thought we were strictly a Lost Girl podcast and then, you know, as happens to a lot of podcasters I think that do TV shows, what do you do when the season's over? And right. now with all of these seasons that are 10 episodes, 13 episodes, well, geez, that's like a fourth of the yeah. year. And, and what do you do the rest of the time? So, you know, that's how we got to this point. So, yeah, uh, the only thing I would say, and I don't know whether your roommate's getting the episodes from iTunes or Stitcher, uh, but at the website, when we switched over to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, all of the photo links have to be redone so in other words if you go to the website and you click on lost girl uh, episode uh, season three episode one everything will be there except the picture and i've got to go in and do them one by one so i i've been doing the most recent ones first so travelers should be up to date i think i'm working on dark angel at this point Uh, librarians is up to date dollhouse is up to date Uh, i'm about halfway through dark angel and just working my way back but uh, wow that's a big job it is best wishes (laughs) i have no idea if there's a sentence for that in english guten rush in neue jahr yeah sorry all all the people in germany i know i just butchered it but i took it i took a shot (laughs) all right all right so uh, don checked in with us not once but twice which is great don says i'm gonna back up my position a bit I'm changing my position to most, not all of the old memories are maintained when a traveler takes over. If I recall in the pilot, Mac has forgotten his FBI password, so it's not 100% dagnabbit. (laughs) Of course, I've forgotten passwords without the benefit of being overwritten, so it's more likely that what you lose are some of your weaker memories. The stronger memories probably are stored in multiple places and are safer. And, you know, as I was reading Don's podcast, email the other day when he sent it in i really hope that's something they do address because i i think he's probably more right than i am i think the memories probably are there but, yeah yeah and it's definitely but, the 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 stronger memories because like you're right like like password not there memories of cat totally there yeah Right, but but I guess I always go back to, and, and certainly we talked about this during the Dollhouse podcast, if we look at the human brain as a hard drive and you overwrite the information, you can't readily access it. I mean, you really got, I mean, it's there, 
but to you know erase information it's it's not i don't want to say it's a complicated process but just simply overwriting it doesn't necessarily get rid of it so how they're going to play this hopefully it'll get addressed because i i think it really is important going forward i like how like i don't think they'll ever address what like physiologically is happening uh when the uh you know the, the traveler takes over because like especially after reading don's email i started thinking about like yeah i mean this i don't think they're ever going to really address it because first of all i you know there's probably not really any brain experts on the writing staff for travelers so to to be able yeah you because know, you would really have to be because it's just it's just not possible right i mean that's the thing it's science fiction and so for them to really try to explain the technicalities, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think they'll just let us speculate as to what's actually going on because that brings up a lot of good points here. Uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, man, you know, just I don't think they're ever going to really answer this question for sure, you know. Right. But as he says, and I should have let him say it because now that I look, look at what he says in his next paragraph, I should have explained something better last time. My assumption on downloads is that the process always overwrites the same areas of the brain, and based on the screaming, it does damage. That means download number two overwrites download number one, and so on. There may well be fragments of previous downloads that don't get overwritten, but not whole personalities. Anyway, that's why I think there was cumulative damage on the girl parachutist in 17 seconds. And... Yeah, I I mean, I I definitely agree with Don, and and I I hope it is addressed, but as you said, you you know, it may not be. All right, he goes on and says, next, an actual comment on the exposure of the Traveler program in the finale. Damn, they got to this point in a hurry. I really wasn't expecting them to get to this place for at least another season. I don't think they're planning to be around for more than four to five seasons, guys. You know, I, I still, and I think you agree with me, I'm going under the impression that nobody believes them. So does it expose the Traveler program? Yeah. Um, I totally agree with Don, though, that I didn't think that they'd be getting there. It seemed very rushed to, at the end of season two, they're kind of getting exposed. But I agree with you also. It's probably, I think they could probably explain this one away, that it looks pretty dark. But when you really think about it, like they could just basically say, hey, this guy Vincent kidnapped our loved ones, threatened their lives unless we said these things. So we did. I don't know who these people are. You know, like, I don't, they're, they're just, we're yeah. all here because this is where they sent us. Uh, you know, like they could totally, I think they could totally play this one off because like, it's ridiculous. Like there's like, I, that's what I thought was, and I said it before, what I thought was so silly about the episode was how quickly it seems that legitimate news sources were actually picking up. And I don't, it's, it's a TV show. So what, what is a legitimate news source? But, you know, but they seem to imply that the world at large was actually buying this story. And I just think that that would just not happen, you know, like that no one would right. buy this. So, well, I and, mean, and I, and, well, I mean, I guess we'll get to the, in, in season three, you know, at what level did they buy it? Right, yeah. right. Which my well, I, again, I'm, right now they could be like, "Where are we going from from now with this?" And probably like, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm not sure Brad Wright has a plan, but um, you know, like I said, they, they could. You know, 
the writers could easily go the way of, all right, we're just going to kind of have them explain this away and, and, uh, you know, maybe their loved ones will look askance at them for a little bit, but, uh, basically, uh, things can maybe continue as normal. Okay. Well, Don says, as for speculating about next season, my guess is the team disavows their taped confessions and nothing much happens to them legally, but they'll be watched. So I get the feeling they're kind of painted into a corner. If they are being watched, how can they do anything? As for not, and, and you know, I love, I think in, in Fred's audio, he keeps calling him Victor. See what, see yeah. what we created? I well, I think it was me mainly. <laughs> as for not victor my guess is she doesn't last long and the faction does of course with my luck just the opposite will be happening all right so then he checked in with part two and he says episodes 11 and 12 of the podcast aren't up yet so i'm going to add something the reason i assume the download is always to the same parts of the brain is that one if you overwrite areas like the brain stem the traveler will die within seconds mission failure and I, and I wonder if that's something that they experimented with. Again, right. I, I'm, well, I, I, you, I mean, I, what little I know about brain function, yeah, like like Don says, like the the brain stem is a non-starter. That's that's where your very basic functions are. You would definitely need it to be in, in the higher brain parts. Yeah. So, but again, I, I don't and, know. Yeah, he says, if you overwrite areas where language and muscle memory are kept, the traveler will be a basket case for months and also leave a trail that could be used to track him or her later on. So the process has to be exact enough to avoid certain areas, and the only way that can happen is to have a rather exact targeting, thus my assumption. Gee, ain't pseudoscience fun. (laughs) And then he says, see you around the sandbox, Dave. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... Wow. I, I mean, certainly, guys, thanks for all the feedback. These were great questions, yeah, well, great let me comments. Just, uh, I would just comment on, yeah. on that because, um, like, everything that Don says is is totally valid and is actually a great point. That's why I think the, the more I read his feedback, I'm like, you know what? I don't think the uh, the writing team is, is ever really going to touch this and explain exactly what happens because there, cause there's going to be people out there who – will just turn around and say that's ridiculous that that has that's not a thing you know um so they're probably just going to go with like like you said pseudoscience it's science fiction just live with it you know and and either way whether you know whatever is happening in there obviously uh, the human brain can only take so many you know downloads i guess we're calling them uh before it just can't handle it whatever the reason it can only it can't do an infinite number of downloads and uh and yeah and certainly like it yeah like this download happens and the the person has complete functioning of the body uh the language the motor functions and everything so um yeah i would assume it would be a, a pretty precise operation to do that to take over the person's entire um you know being uh that, that would require some pretty precise stuff. So, but like I said, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to really, because it's so complicated a thing and could be so easily discounted by, uh, you know, people who actually are in the know out there. I don't think they're ever going to really go and touch on the, the nuts and bolts of what's happening. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and end this discussion. And I, I want to go back to that article I was quoting at the beginning from Televixen 
T-E-L-E-V-I-X-E-N.com, T-E-L-E-V-I-X-E-N.com. So if you want to read the whole interview with Brad Wright, you can go there. I kind of consider this spoilerish. So if you don't want to know anything, you know, stop listening at this point. All right. He says about whether or not we're going to see the future world. He says we'll get glimpses. Quote, we're providing little windows. The fact that Simon did those sketches this year was to show a little window. And I have a plan in season three. Obviously, building a set of that magnitude would require a major commitment. I honestly never intended to go to the future because the characters are trapped in the here and now, and so should the audience be, in a sense. So, you know, there's more, but that's all I'm going to read for now. And as I said, check it out on televixen.com if you want to read the entire interview. But great season. I, I, I really love the way they they built season two off of season one and you know i mean certainly if we're going to talk about the ai and free will in season three uh can't wait (laughs) but before we get there we're going to be tackling the librarians and uh, at at this point you know we're, we're so far behind on the librarians as podcasters in fact i haven't even seen the first episode yet i know you've seen at least a few of them yeah i'm, I'm caught but, up with watching i haven't taken any notes but I'm... okay but we're going to tackle them at least for now one at a time yeah and I, I really feel like we can do a better job doing it that way there's no point in trying to catch up we'll never catch up so next week we're going to come back with the librarians season four episode one and and go from there yeah so yep all right anything else before we sign off uh nope i got nothing okay all right good well we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight and certainly thank you everybody that furnished some feedback for us to talk about as always love to hear what you think about anything going on in genre television you know if you uh start looking at the librarian season one and want to throw us an email about that we'd be happy to talk about that join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community if you're already a member spread the word email sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we will be back next time to talk about season four episode one of the librarians titled the librarians and the dark secret but until then i got nothing